Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 12.34 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer joining you from San Jose, California. The orders to hit the ice in about an hour and a half. Uh, we are going to tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Tell Chef Eltoff, Chris, and Brendan that Oilers now sent you. As we head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, we welcome back to the show Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque, who is brought to you every Thursday by GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972, gcldiesel.com. Hello, Louis. How are you doing? I'm doing well today, Bob. How are you doing? Good. I, I appreciate it. We, we joked about it last night, about 2.30 in the morning. Uh, we'll see whether or not we'd be ready to go to the day. It's in over an hour. Uh, it, it's a little bit earlier here, and uh, it was. Let's just put it this way: the alarm went off at uh, 6:45 for me today to get some work today because we don't have Brendan at the studio, and Derek's doing a great job pinch hitting, and we had to reach out, make some calls, and those sort of things. They had a conference call, but uh, uh, it's all it's, it's awesome, man. It's all part of it, isn't it, Ludog? It is. You know what? That's uh, that's what we signed up for. And uh, you love the good times. You love the tough times. That's what makes it a journey. But uh, yeah, some some legs of a trip are a little more difficult than others. But yeah, it was uh, it was not too bad coming in last night, and and now getting up a little day off here. And yeah, for you, a quicker turnaround than me. I got to sleep in for a couple of hours. Well, we should explain to the listeners that uh, the game's played in Anaheim, so it's roughly 45 minutes to an hour bus ride into Los Angeles to fly out of LA. Then we land, you cannot land in San Jose. Uh, so you have to land in Oakland, which is another, at that time, like during the day, that would have been an hour and a half, but you would be able to land in San Jose. You land you land in Oakland and it's a solid 45 minute bus ride to the hotel as well. So it ended up adding based, like, you know, like as an example, we fly out of the game against San Jose coming up. I think I think we're flying out of San Jose after the game tomorrow night, and we're flying into Vegas, and the hotel is four minutes away from the airport in Vegas. So it's a completely different situation. Well, let's get to it. Louis. your thoughts on um, the two games played so far in the road trip, uh, an emotional 6-3 loss against the LA Kings, and then the Oilers' response last night. Yeah, well, I think it was. I think there was a couple, a couple of real good things out of the game versus Los Angeles. So it was a, it was a lot, and you know, for the most part, they're chasing the game. And five on five, though, I thought they were fine. You know, when I look at that game, I think they did some things to create some good opportunities. It was the special teams for you know a very rare time where they get four power play goals against, and they don't score any power plays in six attempts. So I mean. That just typically doesn't happen to this team. So when you look at that, you, you say, okay, um, a reset obviously wasn't the start they wanted to have, wasn't the type of game they wanted to play against the Kings, but that happened. A great response at the end of the game, I felt, though, and I know I've talked about this at length a couple of times, just the, the fights, um, the guys not going away quietly, 
uh, not giving up in the game. To me, that just shows another level um, of intensity of a team that's like, okay, you know, this is ridiculous. This is a team that we beat in the playoffs. This is a team we've had a hard time against this year in the regular season. We need to set the tone right now because we play them two more times. I like all that. It's awesome. And I, and I do feel that when you have that um, – how should I say this? When when that many guys are getting involved, I think it strengthens your team. I really do. Especially guys that don't characteristically play that type of physical or fight or, you know, get involved in that kind of stuff. Yes, employee RV, Zach Hyman. I mean, obviously we know now that Clean Costin's a tough dude. He has the heavyweight tilt with Brennan Lemieux. But to me, I just, you, you watch the bench after that and you say, okay, this is kind of one of those games where it can solidify your group. Being on that bench, watching guys go to work for you, watching guys fight, it just makes everybody a little bit taller on the bench. They come out against the Anaheim Ducks, and this is a game they had to win. This is a game that was a must-win, in my opinion, that they should have won, and they should have handled the Anaheim Ducks, and that's exactly what they did. They handled them. This is the time of season now where the teams that are below you in the standings, you have to look at those teams as opportunities to gain ground on the ones that are above you. And that's the only way you should be looking at those games. Same thing with the San Jose Sharks tomorrow night. It will be a little bit tougher of an opponent than the Anaheim Ducks. They have to look at that 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 game tomorrow night as an opportunity to gain ground on the other teams in the Western Conference and the Pacific Division to try and get a better playoff seating. And that's it. Like, and that just has to be business-like, and they have to go take care of business. But I liked how the team didn't take their foot off the gas against them. If I had to say the one thing in the game, sometimes when you get an early lead and things are going your way, um, it was 2-1. It was 2 nothing. then bang, 2-1. You're like, okay, don't, don't fall asleep on this team because they do have offensive players that, if given the opportunities, can make you pay. They've obviously beat Edmonton already once this year, the Anaheim Ducks. So, and they didn't. They didn't relent. All lines were buzzing. Um, I thought that uh, Vinny DeHarnay had a real nice introductory into the NHL for his first game. He looked poised. He did not look rattled at all. He looked ready for the opportunity. And you know, a lot of times with some of those first game jitters, he didn't have any of them, in my opinion. It was pretty impressive to see him step right in. And he's a big guy. I think there's a, there could be a real upside with this guy. All right. Well, that's where I want to go next uh, because. The game. I loved how the game ended against LA for the Oilers. You know, like Paul Yarby, Louis. Either you got to sit down and work with him, or Charlie Manson's got to sit down and work with him. If he's gonna, if he's if he's gonna be here, and you know, the Oilers are gonna have to get creative when Evander, when Evander Kane comes back because he's coming in for sure, and they need to have one player at 1.25 million or more potentially go down. So I don't know who it's gonna be, but. Can, like in Jesse's case, I know it wasn't part of. He's got to at least be able to defend himself, so you know he doesn't have Philip Deneau jumping him and getting the upper hand. So Louis, maybe you can do a little bit of work there. I don't know, but I'll give Jesse credit. He he was hitting guys in both the games, and because he threw a couple big hits, he got some of it brought his way. Uh, and then you had Zach Hyman, you know, take the fight was tired of the beat you know he threw a big hit and he got challenged so he took a fight but i loved it at the end of the game with cost and, and lemieux because lemieux can is a guy, lemieux has dropped some guys in lemieux did a number on juju or one time like lemieux can fight and i i love that cost and that louis he was throwing from downtown you're the fight guy are you surprised first of all are you surprised at how effective of a player cost has been as an oiler and did you know he had this kind of juice in his game? No, I did not. Um, I truly didn't. I think, you know, something Jay Woodcroft said about this whole last 
sequence of games last couple of months anyway with the injuries they've had in their lineup especially Evander Kane now Evander Kane is a huge loss for this team and I think they've weathered the storm pretty well um, he just adds another dimension but more importantly he adds your best left winger back into the mix offensively so when you're missing a guy like that it has to be made up in different places Clean Costin's come in here and leapfrogged over a lot of guys uh, which is not easy to do and this isn't a guy that has, has had played a lot of NHL games so he was coming in here trying to make a name for himself with a new team and not only is he scoring goals is he throwing big hits dropping the gloves and fighting um i just like his whole demeanor i just like what he's what he's bringing to the team right now he can go up and down your lineup that line combination of him music hopkins and yanmark was once again very solid last night and they have been they have been because of the way they play the game you got two guys that are workhorses on the pocket they're big they protect Nugent hopkins is a smart pivot he always has been um you put him with players that are doing the right things and he's going to make things happen once it's in his hand, so he eventually finds somebody open. He just had a real solid game again, and, and that's something I think they look to, to continue to care for. But in the absence of Evander King, you need to have guys step up physically. So when I look at what Ken Holland has done here, now we've talked about this at length, but he's slowly starting to put together a little more abrasive, harder team to play against. And what, what results from that is guys like Yanmark and Costin have come in here and impressed enough that Jay Woodcroft is now playing them above other players that were there at the start of the year. They weren't in the roster, in the lineup at the start of the year. And I think what that does is just makes, it makes your team deeper. It makes your team harder to play against. And they're trying to do it from within. They really are. They're trying to find out what they have here in this organization for depth. They're giving guys opportunities. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a real positive thing to give young guys the opportunity to come in here and see what they have um some guys are going to come up and fall through they're just not going to grab those reins it happens all the time in every organization other guys are going to come in and say hey it's my time i'm ready to be and that's what you're hoping if you're the Edmonton owners that somebody comes in and just grabs the reins and says yes i'm ready to have this opportunity thank you very much i think the emergence of dylan holloway in the last little while again finding that conflict he's moving his feet and, he, and he's starting to separate himself where you notice him on a nightly basis with his speed and his skill. Um, scored a beautiful goal last night, and I think that's another confidence booster for him playing with McDavid. It's another feather in his cap, and yes, I can elevate and play in the top six. That's another thing that he can lean on to understand that he can play at this level. So all these things are starting to fall into place. But again, getting back to what Jay Woodcroft said, some guys have been bumped out of that rotation. Other guys have been found. They're guys that you didn't know a lot about. Clean Costa is one of those guys. And I didn't know that he had that jam. Game. I didn't know that he was that tough. And I certainly knew he was a high prospect. I did the draft. He was drafted in 31st overall. Everybody said he's a big power forward and he can shoot the puck well. We're starting to see that release, too. He's getting himself to a spot to shoot it, which is also a skill. I know that people think all oh, the puck just came to him in the slot. And I know he even said that himself. He needed to know when to get to the slot at the right time to get that shot away. That's the biggest thing. Because you have to time it so when you get there, you're ready to take that shot and you're in a position to take that shot. Um, I think people underestimate how important that is, is timing in the game to be in that position for that opportunity. He seems to have that down. He's getting a lot of good looks from different spots. He's been strong on the puck, which I think playing with any one of the three pivots they have right now in the top three, they need wingers that are going to go down low like the Zach Hyman's of the world, and they're going to protect that puck, buy some time, get into the hands of the person that needs to have it in their hands, and then get to a spot to be effective. And that's what it's all about. So 
Um, but also with Ken Holland, I think he's slowly but surely starting to implement a little bit of toughness. He makes the deal for Costin with the St. Louis Blues. Um, a bigger, more abrasive flair. You see Vinny DeHarnay get his first National Hockey League game last night. He's six foot seven or six foot six and three quarters. He plays a big, truculent kind of game. You know, he's listen. He's not the best fighter in the world. I've watched his fight case, but I don't even care. I don't care if he ever wins a fight. What I care about is how he protects the front of the net. I care about how he's going to treat people that are standing in front of this goaltender in his first National Hockey League game. He was cross-checking, slashing, whacking guys in front of this goalie, and that's a good sign to see. Well, Louis, to me, it's interesting. We have people text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line saying the order should be in on Matthew Dumba of Minnesota fault. Like, I think, first of all, Minnesota's staying in. Uh, but secondly, I'm looking at the right side of the order's defense, and CC's in year two of a four-year deal. He had a tremendous second half last year. He hasn't uh, been close to replicating it to start this year. He's still a 20-minute-a-game NHL defenseman. And then you have Barry and Bouchard that some might argue is somewhat redundant. And uh, Bouchard, and I know he's had tough plays in the last two games, you know, the penalty that he took at a tough time against L.A. He was involved in the goal against the other night, but he is plus five on this road trip in two games with four assists. I look at Bouchard and Barry, and I'm thinking if you had one of those guys and then you had DeHarnay next season as your third pairing right shot guy, you know how much I like Hawk and Paw. Uh, I, because there's a different type of defender now, Louie. There's oh, these yeah. rangy I've... defenders that take up space that are good penalty killers, uh, that get in the seams, that got good sticks, that can break up. And, I, and the thing is, when I was down there last year in Bakersfield, it wasn't close as to who the best Oilers D prospect was. It was DeHarnay. And the and the confidence level, like when you talk to Keith Gretzky or Jay Woodcroft last year, even this year, they didn't have DeHarnay in the lineup. And they've had a very difficult season in the American League. But part of the reason why they've had a difficult season is they didn't have DeHarnay and they didn't have Kelvin Pickard. So they didn't have their number one goalie for a lot of the time. And then they had to compound matters. Louis, the guy led the AHL in plus-minus last season. He looks to me like the type of guy, and there's one more factor in this. He's 762000 for the next year and a half. Like, he's yeah. the right price point. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree with you 100%. And i got to tell you, I mean, I know it's the Anaheim Ducks he's playing, and I don't want to, I'm not going to, I'm trying to demean the Anaheim Ducks. They beat the Edmonton Oilers already once this year, but that was not a great game by the Anaheim Ducks last night. Now, credit Edmonton, no. they didn't let them have a great game. That's very important to know. They didn't let them have a great game. But at the same time, you play the game you, you should play, and Edmonton can play that game very well. If they go to work, um, they simplify, they don't turn pucks over, they defend hard, they put pucks in behind, establish a forecheck, good things happen. It always has. Um, they have the skill set that can play that type of a game. Not all skill sets can. Um, but McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, they're fine in the cycle, they're fine in the crunch, they're used to getting that attention. They can be leaned on and still make plays. Uh, and that's really important. That's the identity of the team. They can always attack off the rush. Of course, they're a great rush team um, when they get the opportunity. If you want to turn the puck over to Edmonton in the neutral zone, it's your funeral. Like, that's just, that's, but if they focus on playing the right way, they're a very difficult team to play against. But in saying that it was Anaheim Ducks, I really thought, for me, um, it's been a while since I've seen a guy jump into his first National Hockey League game and control situations the way DeHarnay did. 
And what I mean by that is just protect the puck with his body. Make a little backhand no-look pass. Yeah, he threw one to nobody right after, and it didn't cost him anything. But I like the fact that he's trying to make those plays. I like the fact that he has the ability to make those plays as a guy six foot seven that has that range. You're not looking at him to light it up offensively. You're looking at him to make a good pass, protect the puck, clear the zone in front of the net, and play a hard physical game. I don't know how many times he just literally smothered a guy in the wall last night. He might not have got hits for every time he did it, but he just stopped the cycle. And I, I just, you know what, I... I didn't mind him with Darnell Nurse either. The pairing with him and Darnell Nurse could be a formidable pairing in the future, too. We're talking about him in the second or third pairing, you know, going 6-7 defenseman for a bit here for Jay Woodcroft. Why not play him with Darnell Nurse? Why not play him with Darnell Nurse if he's able to do that? As a guy that's oh, stuff it's, it's a fair question to ask. Which Why then, not? Which then, which then, which then maybe allows CC to go down. And just like the forward positions, when you find players and players step up and start playing better, you just start to trickle down, and it makes your depth that much stronger. It makes you harder to play against. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you kind of chuck them out there in different situations. And I was impressed with what I saw from this. The first game, we've got to see. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching them in a couple more games up against the San Jose Sharks, who I think will be a, a tougher test than last night. And then the Vegas Golden Knights potentially on Saturday, who we all know are great games always when they play Edmonton. So that's going to be a tough test. But I'm interested to see how he digs in and can continue to do what he's done. But what I do know about this, this young man is the fact that He's always kind of risen to the occasion everywhere he's been. We talked to him at length yesterday. In any situation he's been in, any team that he's been on at the start, he's always clawed and scratched himself into a more prominent role in that team. And I don't know if it's going to be any different here. And I think that's what the others are hoping, is that they found a guy here that, you know, comes in. And as Jack said last night on the air, you can't teach 6-7. You just can't teach 6-7. No, mean, that's our listeners have made that point, face. too. He's got, he's yeah. got a good enough. Uh, his footwork is good enough to keep him in the right position. Um, I don't know. You know what? I, I'm looking forward. That, it's exciting for me to watch young players come in because I know how difficult it is. And for him to come in and just kind of play a game, like he's really excited. I think that enthusiasm did him well in that game last night because he was just so excited to be there. I think the excitement overruled the nerves. And there's nothing wrong with that. Do you know who the last... I'm going to get to this guy in a second because we got another... We can go for another two and a half minutes here, Louis. When you were playing, was there ever a guy that came in a league out of nowhere that was six, 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 seven that you didn't know? And, and you're like, who the hell is that guy? Who's that huge guy? Well, you know who did kind of? I mean, it's a little bit different. Um, but in my role, my role, George Peros. Believe it or not, I played against George Peros in one of his first games. I was down with uh, the Quebec Citadels in the American Hockey League, and he was playing for the Manchester um, AHL team, which was uh, the Los Angeles Kings farm team at that time. And uh, you know what? He uh, he stepped in there. I remember seeing him bomb around the ice because he could fly, right? He came from Princeton. And, you know, I'm like, who's this guy? Oh, he's a college guy, played in Princeton. We didn't know anything about him. I didn't know if he was tough or not tough. I didn't think he was tough. And to be honest with you, I don't know if he was tough at that time i think he had to really teach himself to be a tough guy he understood what the role was going to be for him at six foot five but you just take a note you take notice of a big guy that can skate he could skate he was bombing around and warm up and as in my role i'm like i need to know who this guy is in case he's you know 
the heavyweight champ in whatever league he came from, and he's going to knock me on my butt tonight. But uh, he carved out an amazing career for himself by, by just willing himself to be a tough guy in a really harsh world, to be honest with you. I have a lot of respect for what he did. And... Um, you know what, guys like that, you just you can't help but notice them. Um, as far as guys that broke in to be, you know, all-stars or just tremendous players, nobody's sticking out in my mind right now just because when you're that big, you get noticed typically, especially if you're a good player. It's, just, it's really hard to get lost. Um, the problem is, and I've said this before, big players like small players have to do things differently. You have to figure out a different way. And, and people say, what are you talking about? Well, a small guy has to understand that he can't go physically up against all the big people in any league that they're in, respectively. They have to do it a different way. They have to use their smarts. They have to be tenacious. Yamamoto, when he hits, he puts every single ounce of his weight into every hit. You know, whereas a guy like Patrick Maroon can lean on you. You know, he doesn't have to throw all of his weight into you. He, 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 he's big enough to protect the puck. Leon Dreisaitl, he doesn't have to put all his weight into a guy to protect the puck. Whereas Yamo has to be that guy where he has to be committed physically. Um, so he's had to learn that over years, that he has to be that much extra tenacious to do what he does on the ice. And that's why he's effective, because he has that effort level. Big guy, same thing. It takes a little time to find that coordination at that size. It's not as easy. Sticks, you know, aren't always long enough for you when you're younger. You're skates, you got these big feet, and it's just learning how to skate. And when I see guys like Tyler Myers in the league, even, um, who's an excellent skater for a six foot seven guy, um, I, I just say, you know, it's impressive to see these guys on the ice and be able to move around the way they do. And if you can, you can be a very, very effective player in this league. And especially if you have a defensive mindset. He become very hard to play. So I think a Schuster too, who played in Tampa. You know, is another guy that was just a big, huge guy that he's going to get a piece of He's going to reach out and, and, and poke check you with that stick. He's going to get his big feet in the way and block a shot. Like, and that's I think um, the Zidane Chara mold is what Darren uh, is trying to pattern himself after. One, give me a quick clip. Broberg played 18 minutes last night. Uh, I think yeah. the short-term plan is to try to get him 15, 16 minutes a game. We've already got guys texting me saying, Bob, Broberg's look more comfortable than Kulak. Kulak's playing too many minutes. Your thoughts a minute or less on Philip Broberg? I, uh, you know what, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that comment. I think Kulak, you know, has had a heavy load here, and I think he, I, I don't mind this game right now, though, and I think maybe a little bit less minutes would be good for everybody involved. So if you can disperse the minutes a little more evenly, I think that's great for everybody, to be honest with you. Um, but, yeah, I like this game. Uh, short, short answer, I think he's coming. I think his confidence is growing. Anytime you can give him that many minutes in a game like that last night, I think it's perfect for him. The more minutes he can play in different situations um, are just going to are just going to hone his game and give him more confidence. But I like the point he's played with. I think I agree with that, that texture. This is the best we've seen him play so far, and I think he knows it, and I think he's confident, and I think the more his confidence grows, you're going to see him start to come out of his shell a bit and just play the way that he feels he can play. Play. It's going to be a harsh world out there, but uh, he's battled to get into this position again, and I wish him nothing but the best. He's a really good kid, and I, I think he's a great skater. That's his biggest asset. If he's not hesitating, he's reacting, and he's just doing what he needs to do, very, very effective defenseman. Louie, enjoy practice. All right, bud. I'll let you know. There you go. That is Louie Herbots from GCL Diesel. Uh, we're heading back to California.
It's going to be sunny at that time in April with New West Travel. You fly to L.A., you watch the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. This New West Travel package takes place in April. Four nights at the Marriott L.A. Live. Lower Bowl game tickets for both games. Welcome reception with yours truly. We'll have some special guests there for the California Hockey Tour. Reach out to newwesttravel.com. It is 12.57 in Edmonton. We'll go off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell at 1 o'clock. The second hour of Oilers Now will feature... Al May and John Shannon. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Off to Eileen Global News Weather Traffic. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.